0: Well welcome to Willow Park Church and we are delighted that you've joined us this morning for the service Celebrating the goodness of God and all that God is doing in our lives How's it going for you? Things are starting to reopen, we're feeling optimistic, things are starting to change Excited about last week uh, as we gather together with some in-person services it was So lovely to see people and so good to connect You know, don't you just love the body of Christ? As we learned last week, the Holy Spirit dwells within us individually, but also dwells within us corporately. And there is something lovely about the corporate gathering of the church as we connect and as we worship together and as we pray together, as we break bread and do all the wonderful things that make our faith so meaningful at this time. Well, some great news. I'll be mentioning this again and again. Uh, first of all, the arc is happening in July. So please... If you know youth, if you know teenagers, tell them to go to the website or their parents to book them into ARC. This is exciting. Down at Pines, ARC will be happening. The program's looking amazing. All the activities are fabulous. And I know that some staff members made a trip down just recently and are getting really excited. And we've also got some great surprises down there with the location and with the change. You know, things do change and seasons end and seasons begin. But we know that every time something ends, God births something new and there are new seasons that are taking place. I wonder about you as well. Are new seasons taking place in your life? Are things changing? Is the Lord speaking to you? about how things could be different, your walk with him, the closeness of God at work in your life. Well, this whole series, I'm being powered up, really has dealt with some of the key areas of us learning to abide in Christ, understanding the ministry and the work of the Holy Spirit and allowing the Holy Spirit to fully consume our lives. What a a fabulous thought that he comes to consume our lives. That where we feel weak, where we feel as if we can't cope, that his presence is with us. Remember, his presence sealed us at conversion. Sealed. What does that mean? Well, it simply means that he came and authenticated the fact that we are children of God. That we belong to God, that we're secure with God, that we are approved by God. What beautiful words, approved. You are approved by God because God has given you the gift of the Holy Spirit in your life. Your faith is authentic because God has given you the gift of the Holy Spirit in your life. He is with you and you're secure. And your future is secure because it is rooted in Jesus. And the seal has come to your heart and said, this individual is a child of God. Anyway, I'm starting to preach, which I always love to do, of course. But really, it's been a blessing. So as we begin our service, let's pray for the Lord's blessing and enjoy the worship. We've got a young worship leader looking forward to this and I know that you'll be encouraged. Father, thank you for all those that have gathered online this morning, and I pray, Lord, that you will encourage them, that you will lead them, that you will take them on a spiritual journey, and that, Lord, through the ministry of worship, and through the ministry of your spoken word, that God, you will come and touch our hearts. You will come and change us. You will come and transform us in some way that we will have confidence to believe that whatever we're facing in life, God is with us. God loves us. God cares for us. And he contends for us. We thank you, Jesus for all that you have achieved for us and the way that you have brought us into the kingdom of God. We ask all this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay, let's let's worship.
1: Hello, Willow Park Church. I'm Jared Hanenberg. I'm very happy to be here. We're gonna sing a couple songs for today. I encourage you to worship um, freely worship the God who loves you. God who heals, we are worship. God who saves, the sing to. The God who always makes a way. He upon that cross, and He rolled the stone away. Thank Our God. of the lord today we won't be quiet and shout out your prayers.
2: that we think you want the things that we think make our faith better Lord let's do it your way instead Holy Spirit help us to hear your voice help us to follow your instructions lead us into all the truth you have about Jesus shake us up Lord shake us up Spirit to do whatever he wants to today. Be prepared that that's going to shake you up. Be prepared that that's going to change maybe what you thought your religion was. But his way is better. Amen. Enjoy the rest of your service.
0: Well, that was great, and it's lovely to see uh, Jared leading us in worship, Jared Hannenberg, who has uh, first time on the Willow Park stage to lead worship online. So we're really pleased and excited that our young worship leaders uh, are being used in that way. Fantastic. What a great way to finish, though, about making room for Jesus in our life. That's exactly. What this whole series has been about. First of all, before we step into communion, can I encourage you that we do need volunteers, lots of volunteers, particularly if we're going to maintain children's ministry Sunday morning, we need volunteers. And can I ask you whether you would consider volunteering and helping us with Kids Church? Not only Kids Church, but we also have camp coming up at the end of July, Kids Camp. This is already full as our current uh, requirements allow from the government and orders, but there there is possibly more opportunity to come. We don't know. But what I do know is that volunteers are really needed to be able to engage in the community, to be able to run our A kids camp in the summer, which is such a blessing for people, for us to enable to run church. Maybe you've been a volunteer, but over the last 16 months, you haven't, of course, volunteered. But now is the time to step in. Now is the time to volunteer again. Now is the time to connect again. It's a wonderful thing to sow into a child's life, to show the love of God, to share the goodness of the Lord. I remember myself always volunteering at Sunday school when I was first converted in my mid-teens. Not only did I do it Sunday morning, but then I went on and did it Sunday afternoon in another part of the city. Those times are still precious in my mind. And even as Michelle and I talk about Sunday school classes that we have led, uh, often on Instagram or Facebook, we get messages from those children who are no longer children, they're mums and dads and and they'll comment and they'll say thank you and they'll say things that are completely out of the blue but really mean a lot. When we volunteer with children, we are given such a precious gift. We are sowing in two lives so I want to ask you yeah I want to ask you to really pray about whether you can step in and get involved volunteering at the camp volunteering at Sunday school kids church those kind of things connecting in we would love that if you would take the time to really make yourself available to do that act of service that would be fantastic Well, we've been on a series that has taken us through a journey of understanding the ministry and the work of the Holy Spirit. And I want to remind you that the Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit, of course, is a person, not an it or a thing. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is eternal, with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of all truth, brings truth into a life. The Holy Spirit was present and at work at creation. The wonderful thing, that when we look at the world that we live in, we can see the creation. The Holy Spirit was present and breathed and brought the Bible into being as he came upon and flowed through the writers of the scriptures, the Holy Spirit was there. The Holy Spirit, therefore, teaches us truth through scriptures. But there's always a danger. We can easily grieve the Holy Spirit in scripture through our actions and through our dissent and through our division. We can also quench the Holy Spirit by simply saying no. But of course, the Holy Spirit is always there when he convicts us of our sin. And this is poignant as we step into communion, because the scripture tells us that we should examine ourselves as we step in to take the communion. Look at our lives. Take stock. Take that moment to examine our lives. The Holy Spirit, of course, is not only present, but it also guides us in the direction we should go. The Spirit only speaks what the Father tells the Spirit to speak. The Spirit, of course, is the Spirit of prophecy. And through the Bible, we see how the Spirit speaks about things to come and things that will take place. And so we know that the Spirit there glorifies the Father, glorifies the Son. And brings that. The Spirit reminds us of things. Truth, wisdom brings things to our mind. The Spirit gives us power to live our life. The Spirit gives us spiritual gifts, which we'll be talking about later on in this series. The Spirit always leads people to Jesus, never away from Jesus. Open your life to the Spirit, and you will come closer and closer to Jesus. And the Spirit always speaks and works in our lives by bringing our character, the fruit of the Spirit, and renewing our love of Christ. So as we look at the communion and we take hold of the bread, let us take a moment and do exactly what the Apostle Paul encourages us to do, is to examine ourselves and confess our sins. He even goes on to say that some of you are weak and sick because you've taken it unworthily. In other words, you have not dealt with lingering things in your life. And some of you even died. Shocking words. But it shows that if we live a life that isn't surrendered wholly to God and God's forgiveness, then it can create many problems. Father, I thank you. And as we look at this bread, we pray and thank you for the death of the Lord Jesus Christ upon the cross. We thank you for the power of Christ that has come to redeem us and to set us free from the burden of sin and to exchange our sinfulness for God's righteousness. Hallelujah. Your body was broken so I can be healed. You paid the price by your body and you paid the price through your blood to redeem us. And we thank you for the bread and for the juice, the wine, as we celebrate communion now. Dear friends, take the bread, the body of Christ, which is broken for you. Eat it in remembrance of him. In the same manner, he took the cup and he poured it out, saying that this is the blood of the new covenant that will atone for the sins of the world, making it clear that there's a new covenant that has arrived, a different covenant from the covenant of Moses, which was the law, but now there is the freedom and forgiveness. The law could never pay the price, the sacrificial system could never deal with the weight of sin, but only the eternal God and his sacrifice can take away the sins of the world. He took our place so that we may be free. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus that takes away the sins of the world. Amen. Well, we're going to go over and listen to all that's going on in Willow Park Church right now. So get ready and please be aware. But can I remind you to contact us and to volunteer and get involved in changing lives? Thank you so much.
3: Hello, Willow Park Church. My name is Courtney. Whether you're joining us from Church Online or one of our dwell gatherings, welcome and here's your family news. We are pleased to announce that we will be running our ARC Youth Summer Camps this year at a brand new location at Pines Bible Camp in Grand Forks. Our Junior High Camp is happening July 5th to 9th, and our Senior High Camp is July 12th to 16th. Register today at cahoots.ca slash ARC. Registration is now open for our in-person kids camp happening July 26th to 29th. This half-day camp will be lots of fun for kids age four to completed grade four. But that's not all. We're also running a pre-teen adventure camp for kids who have completed grade four or five. This camp is happening in the afternoons on July 26th to 29th and will include activities at the church as well as an off-site adventure every day. At this time, we are looking for at least 30 more volunteers to help make these camps possible. If you can help, please register as a volunteer on the Kids Camp or Pre-Teen Camp sign-up forms on our website. Our Willow Park Church Campout is happening July 5th to 16th, and we will have special activities planned for all ages July 9th to 12th. There are some tent sites still available, and just in case you're wondering, tents and trailers are both welcome to park in a tent site. Visit our website to register today as space is limited. We are now offering in-person Kids Church at all of our locations. Because Kids Church now coincides with some of our new dwell services, we will need you to register your kids each week. Visit our website at willowparkchurch.com slash kidschurch for all of the details. Speaking of Kids Church, we are now looking for volunteers at all of our locations. Join the Kids Church team today by signing up at willowparkchurch.com slash team That's all for your family news. Thanks and enjoy your service.
4: Good morning everybody joining us online. We've already been having a wonderful worship time together uh, here at the South. And we're very grateful you are joining us uh, live at 9 a.m. And, uh, and we're looking forward to jumping into the Word of God. And we do have people in the room who will now prove themselves by the noise they're going to make. There we go. I was fully expecting just one kind of distant clap from the back. Uh, so it's, it's just great for you to join us. And, uh, and I've just been saying that we are looking now towards reopening properly uh by uh, beginning of July we've heard that there is a, a very good possibility that we'll be able to gather as normal with some protocols in place we don't know what that looks like but we're we're just we're just excited to be gathering as a church family again so if you have your bibles i just want to turn to a scripture this morning's uh ser- sermon is in our series on the holy spirit and uh, and I'm looking forward to talking this morning about the gifts of the Spirit. But before that, I was just I was really just praying through and studying through this morning, as is my habit. I get up very early on Sunday morning, especially, and go through my sermon. And uh, often there are last minute changes or thoughts, and um, and that and that's a good thing. I want it to be fresh. I want it to be real. But as I was studying through, this really became more and more like a bit of a journal entry for me. Um, So what you're going to hear is some heart. Uh, I want to tell you that it's going to be beautifully structured with three points all beginning with the same letter, and it won't be. Um, It's going to be a bit of a a soul sharing uh, that I hope will encourage you. But also it's a bit of a a call to arms, if you like. We're, We're moving into a new phase as a church and uh, and we don't know what that phase is going to look like. We don't know uh, the words that we're using around the leadership team is that we're going to rebuild the church. We have to rebuild over uh, however long it takes because what was is now not our reality. And it would be foolish of us and unwise of us to expect... Um, to just go back to the way we were. In fact, I want to go a little further than that and say, why would we? Why? Why? What have we learned over the last 14, 15 months? And how can we do things differently? What have been some of the pinch points that have... Um, exposed maybe some of the challenges churches have in general when it comes around to community. What's it highlight about our culture? Because we do live in a culture that celebrates extreme um, individualism uh, and the, the fallout of that. Has been shown in the last few months, and what can we what can we do as a church as we move into this rebuild? I want to start with a scripture, though, that I want to read through. I apologise for the smallness. I want the smallness of the font, but I want to get it all on one screen. And this is from Acts, and this is the very early toddler church. Um, this is the church that really was just starting to spring up. The movement had just started. And they, when they say they, those, those, that's the church. That's the people who would become Christians. These are people who, remember, don't have kids church or programs or alpha or anything at all. All they have is the apostles' teaching. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and prayers. And all came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple to get... Where's church? Every day. Every day. I thought I'd point that out. Attending the church together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. The beautiful thing about this passage, and it's referred to often, I'm not speaking about this passage, but it really, it really shows what is possible when a church and a group of people dedicate themselves to teaching, to the church, to one another, and obviously to Jesus and the communion and all that the communion represents, which is the gospel. That amazing things can happen. People come to know Jesus when his church are Together, we are stepping into a period of massive change for our church. Not just church Christendom as as a whole, but also Willow Park Church. We don't know what it's going to look like over the next few months. And it would be foolish for us to try and decide. We just don't know. What we have seen over the last little while is we've been getting new people coming to the church, filling out connect cards, excited about being here and wanting to connect in. So the church is growing with new people. But I think those people, if I'm being very honest, remember this is a journal entry, I think those who would maybe sit in on the fringes of church in general and church life, it will be interesting to see what happens with those people. The core, the committed uh, I, I am confident that's you, um, that's the next group of people, that's the people who I get emails from and who continue to giving. I'm confident they're going to come back. But those that were kind of on the fringe, I'm not so sure. Added to the fact that as a South congregation, we are looking at some uncertain times. As you know, we were waiting on the uh, the vote from the school district as to what they'd intend to do with the building that we've been very... Uh, grateful uh, to them that we've been able to use for almost 20 years. This is our church home. It's our church building. And not surprisingly, they voted through on uh, Wednesday to start the review. So if you remember, they were voting, to, they were reviewing the re- review and voting on whether or not the review should start. So now the review is actually officially starting in the fall. Um, with a final decision as to what will happen with this building has to be made by January. Not in January, by January. What does that mean for us? Well, it means that we've been reminded that our church cannot be this building. It would be, we say it, right? The church is not a building. But then when you take a building away, it's like, what are we going to do for church? Well,. We have to be creative. We have to do things differently. We have to think strategically. More than anything, we have to pray and find the wisdom of God. It might be that the school district say, actually, no, we're going to leave you just where they are. It would be really foolish to rely on a decision outside of our congregation for what happens inside our congregation. So you know what? Regardless of what the school district decide, we're going to pray as to whether or not we stay in this building. Do you not think that's wise? Because aren't the days of when when we're kind of, forgive me for using this word, but dictated to by an outside entity? Maybe the Lord is saying, actually, maybe there's something different to be had here. And I'm not saying that we're going to stop meeting in the mission or whatever. I'm not saying that. Please don't read anything into it. But maybe our time in this building has come to an end. And that's okay. I mean, it gives me a massive amount of work to do, but praise the Lord, that's okay. Because it's not just me. See, that's what this scripture is about. That's what this message is about this morning. We have to start thinking, what can we do as a church to continue the message and the witness of the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ in our city? This church, the South, was started almost 20 years ago. And some of you were involved in that. And the vision has not changed. The Lord hasn't withdrawn the vision. But he does change the methodology. He does change the way culture is radically different from the way it was two years ago. Arguably eight months ago, if you listen to sociologists. So for us to assume that we just keep going in the way that we have is, is foolish. So what has that got to do with this morning's message? Well, if you look in Ephesians, there's this amazing passage that, again, I'm not speaking on this passage. This is just by way of introduction, because if we're moving into a time of rebuild and a time of change, then we need to shore up what we're about. We need to shore up what our vision and goal and dream and prayer is. And so this passage talks about gifts that Jesus has given to the church and why. And so this is an introductory passage to the actual passage that I'm going to look at in 1 Corinthians and it says this he Jesus gave the apostles the prophets the evangelists the shepherds and the teachers the so-called fivefold ministry gifts to equip the saints i've highlighted specific words the saints that's you that's me is never in the new testament where building the church is the pastor's responsibility it's just not. I'm not that good. Neither is that biblical. It's just not biblical. So to equip the saints for the work of what ministry? We call this the ministry of all believers, or the, 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 the ministry that belongs to you. So wherever you are, you are in ministry. Why does he do that? For building up the body of Christ, until we all, every one of us, attains to the unity together of the faith And of the knowledge, not just head knowledge, but intimate knowledge of the Son of God. To mature, do you remember what I said last week? To get out of the kiddie pool and get into the swimming pool. To grow up together, manhood or womanhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. So we're so strong, so full, so mature, so united, so equipped, and so at work in the ministry, that we're not pulled in every different direction. then he carries on, Paul. Rather, speaking the truth in love. We're good at what we think is speaking the truth, but not often in love as a church, talking globally. We are to grow up in every way. I love that. Grow up is what Paul is saying. (laughs) In every way, into him, Jesus, who is the head, into Christ from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes, makes, It's a done deal. Makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. What an enormous passage. When I read that this morning, I was like, I really want to preach on that passage. (laughs) But can you get the tone together, equipped at ministry, fullness of Christ, makes the body grow. It does not say, Pastor Glenn, Pastor Glenn, Pastor Phil, Pastor Glenn, Pastor Phil. It doesn't say that at all. It's us together. So... With this equipping, what is it that we bring to the game? What is it that we have that Paul is showing here that if we get together and use what we have, that it results, not by the way, in growth. I'm not talking about growth necessarily numerically. I want to tell you that I would be delighted if we got a massive church meeting in the mission every Sunday. But as I grow older, what I'm realizing more and more is I actually want a church that fulfills Acts chapter 2 that I started with. That they're doing life together. That they are sharing with one another. That they are caring for one another. And if the Lord decides that's a church of 50, 100, 200, 2,000, that the growth is actually us working together, being together, united. That's what growth looks like. But the beautiful thing is, is when that happens, the scripture actually says that people do come to know Jesus. But the focus is on growing together growing together. So what is it that we bring? Because ultimately what this passage is referring to is, I've summed it up in this way, Jesus will cause the growth of Willow Park Church as we are equipped, grow, and work together. So when we step into this rebuild phase, please, I want to just be really straight with you right from the beginning. If there is a posture of, well, let's see what the church does and there's a sitting back and a waiting to see whether or not we get involved, you're already not fulfilling that scripture. We are not fulfilling that scripture. But if there's a stepping in and saying, okay, regardless of what the future might look like, I'm in, then we have tremendous amount of hope and promise. Because every one of us has been given a gift or gifts for the common good. Let me, let me show you this amazing scripture. And this is where we're going to camp out for a few minutes. Now, there are a variety of gifts and the same spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. Everyone. To each. So if you're sat here, believing in Jesus, as a Christian, you have been gifted. Gifted. You have been gifted. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for what? Let's say it together. The common good. For the common good. So I can't, I'm not going to teach on specific gifts this morning. I'm actually praying about whether or not to do that next week. But let me just tell you this. Spiritual gifts are very different from talents and natural gifting. Often the Lord will use natural talents and gifting in a spiritual way, and it becomes your spiritual gift. I've always been reasonably good at communicating. I remember as a small child being able to kind of communicate ideas. I could, I could do that. I enjoyed it. So the Lord took that natural gifting, and I hope gave me a spiritual gifting around it, because if he hasn't, I'm in trouble. Um, and, and it kind of amps it up. But it's not like your spiritual gift is not, I'm a great swimmer. If you're really good at swimming. Your spiritual gift is I'm a great singer. If you're good at singing. Your spiritual gift is not music. Your spiritual gift is not being um, just being a good person or really great at carpentry or whatever it might be. That is a gift and talent you have that the Lord may and put. There are times when the Lord will take somebody who is horrible at something. Think the first round of American Idol, horrible which I really miss, by the way. It's my favorite, watching that. Um, And then make you a worship leader. That would be unusual, but not impossible. The Lord does that. I know people who could barely um, say a word, ending up as great preachers. It's a miracle. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. But spiritual gifts are being given to you for the common good. So basically, what these gifts are is they're grace gifts given not you you deserve them, that are given so that Jesus' mission is fulfilled through the church. Your gift that you have been given has been, or gifts have, have been given to you so that Jesus' mission could be fulfilled through the church. What was Jesus' mission? Ultimately, to glorify his Father and do his Father's will. That, that, that was the primary, primary goal, was to bring blessing and healing. It was to see people come to know Jesus, point the way, and then ultimately die on the cross. And to build his church. So if it's building his church, healing, uh, blessing, seeing people come to know Jesus, you have been given to each, every one of us has been given a gift, an ability, a, a, a beautiful spiritual phenomenon, if you like. In order that Jesus' mission continues in clona in 2021. That's why you've been given it. It doesn't terminate on you, and I would I could speak. I actually took a whole section out of my sermon because I was just going to jump into how spiritual gifts have the danger of making the spotlight about you, and there are whole churches that are geared around that, that the focus is on the gift or the person who has the gift, and that is not because what actually the scripture says really clearly is that it's for the common good. But you remember when Jesus said that you will do greater things than me? Do you remember that in the scripture? I've always been amazed at that. Because Jesus was fully God and fully man. He had all the spiritual gifts at his disposal. And yet he said, you're going to do greater things. And I was really studying that this week and thinking about it. And then I realized that actually he's not referring to us as individuals. He's talking to us as a collective. Because if you get 100 or 200 gifted people who are exercising their gift in their church and in their community, then yes, greater things are going to happen. More people impacted, more people healed, more people prayed for, more people coming to know Jesus. And that has definitely been the testimony of the church through the ages. And so collectively we can see greater things than even Jesus did. But it's collectively, together. So the reason you have a gift is for the common good. Look, it says it's for everybody. It's given for the common good. Everyone gets a gift. Each is given for the common good. If I was to hand out a piece of paper to you and a clipboard and a pen, and uh, you weren't just immediately in Sunday school mode and went, well, the answer to everything is Jesus. You know, if you actually just were just a regular person, not in church, not thinking through the lens of the gospel. And I asked them the question said, what are the things that need to change in our culture that would bring the most positive change? What What needs to shift? You know, and you had like a top three. What would the top three things be that somebody would say, if this changed, then there would be positive and radical change in our community? You, I'm inviting an answer. What do you think people might say? Kindness. kindness. Some more kindness. Okay, what else? What about specific things? Like if that thing changed or that, whatever. Come on, you've got opinions. Unity? Unity? You guys are being so spiritual. I love it. Okay. Unity. No more war. Okay, so wars. So peace in the world. If we can get peace. So how does that change? Well, maybe politics. Need a different person in charge. That people need to... That there needs to be a kind of a flattening off in the socio-economic uh, standards in our culture. That maybe there's more social funding. That will bring a positive change. We need to improve education. We need to improve this area or that area. And they might start pinching up a change of party. Or we really need to focus on the environment. Because we're not even going to have a world in to live in unless we, you know, cuddle more dolphins or whatever it might be. People will have, there's a nice image for you. People will have different opinions as to what's going to bring the most positive change. But the reality is, is that regardless of what political party is in power, or how the social, uh, social funding happens, or whatever those different elements might be, you're gonna come down to ultimately what is the biggest problem in our world, which is, and it's not a foo-foo statement, it's a truth thing, it's actually the human heart. Because Brad is right and Luke is right. We need kindness and we need unity and we need love and we need acceptance. We need generosity. We need selflessness. And those are things that you can't just put into place. You can't. Now that's not to say that kind things don't happen in the world. I read this amazing story uh, this last week of a young lady, I think it was in Australia, she's like 12 or 13 years old, that, that her mum and her, her siblings moved into a house that was just by a cemetery and so this and they were freaked out the kids because it's like a cemetery sarah actually spent a lot of her time living in a house just by a cemetery and, uh, and like they was whatever it doesn't 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 matter but this family were really freaked out about it and so this girl came up with this idea that, in order to kind of make it a little bit more palatable and acceptable and part of their lives, is she? And you might have heard this. She started. She, they would walk around the cemetery, and she started to notice how overgrown and 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 uh, and dirty some of the stones and the the, the plots had become. So she dedicated herself. You can Google this. And now I think she's done it hundreds and hundreds of times. She cleans them, keeps them, puts flowers back in. And it's been such an amazing blessing to the community. It's made worldwide news, which is how I heard about it. She's dedicated herself to keeping this cemetery looking beautiful in honor of the people and the families that are connected to it. That is an amazing act of kindness. And I don't know where she is at her faith. I don't know where she is. And it doesn't matter. We are capable of kindness. But ultimately, when it comes to the really big issues, there's always a heart issue. And what we have in our hands, friends, Christian friends, is actually the ability to see that change. And you know where it starts? It starts with you and I experiencing renewal in our hearts. And how that comes about is by being united and seeing us express and exercise our spiritual gifts together. I'm going to show you that in a second. You can't Christian by yourself. You can't. It's, apart from it just being impractical, it's unbiblical. So you can't say, well, I'm going to take this whole part of the Bible and agree with that, but I think I can do it by myself listening to podcasts. That is, you cannot Christian that way. So the way that we actually see significant change happening in our neighborhoods, in our community, in our city, is by us exercising our gifting together and seeing the mission of Jesus, through that, change people's lives. That brings change. That brings change. And you and I have that resident in our lives. That ability to see that change. And we're all about... world changes, and I completely agree with that. We need to change our world, but the how is actually resident in the lives of Christians. It's amazing, and it's for the common good. That's what this is talking about. This common good section includes a global, uh, local element that is really, really powerful, and it's for everyone. So this change of heart comes through Jesus' mission being fulfilled through his church in Kelowna. So Jesus' mission is fulfilled by his people going and representing him well and using the giftings that they have been given. And I want to tell you this right from the outset, because there is some teaching around spiritual gifts that is just plain wrong. No, No one person has all gifts. That was Jesus. And so we've been created to do this together. We've been created to do it together, not by ourselves. So it's lovely, especially young adults or young people, they can sometimes get so filled with enthusiasm about Jesus Christ and they strike off by themselves because the church isn't doing it. And then off they go and, and, and that's not what we were created to be or do. I love lots of parachurch movements. And you know what I mean by parachurch, the ones that aren't out of the local church. I love parachurch movements, but can I tell you, the hope of the world is not in the parachurch, it's in the local church. And the local church needs to be the one sending people out, absolutely. But anchored into the local church. And so the church has tremendous, tremendous possibilities. But nobody has all gifts. We need to be together on this. That's what the church is. And I read earlier on that Paul uses the analogy of the body. And it's a well-known picture of the church. And the thing with the body is all the different parts need one another. And so if you've got a, if you've got a sore knee, if you fall over and you, you kind of cut yourself on the knee, the brain sends signals, and the hands, you need the hands, you need other parts of the body in order to deal with the knee. The knee, the knee can't just kind of, if you've got an itch, you need, some, you need, some, like, need help, like especially if it's a place where you need to, to rub it on something. We need one another. We need one another in the same way that the body needs all the component parts. So this is where it gets really practical. We've all been given something powerful. We've all been given something powerful that someone else needs. Regardless of your age, you can become a Christian at eight, seven, whatever you can be. you can be uh, an older. Christian who's been a Christian longer than most people have been alive in the church, whatever it might be. You have resident in you something that someone else needs in this church. You have something that someone else needs in this community. You have a gifting that is needed. Look at what um, Paul says. I'll just read it to you. The body is a unit. Though it is composed of many parts, and although its parts are many, they all form one body. So it is with Christ, for in one spirit we're all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we're all given one spirit to drink. The body is a unit. So this is where it presses into something that culturally we are educated in. that is actually contrary to the scripture, and it's, and it's this. You were not created to be self-sufficient. But everything in our culture communicates, especially to younger people, you have everything you need to succeed in life. And that is truthful to a point. But we weren't created to do life by ourselves. We weren't created to be self-sufficient. And this, this kind of isolationism, this, this individualism, this I don't need anyone, it's just me, myself and mine has crept into our families. So families are just this closed unit and they move together in various places they might they might go and take a kid to soccer and then come back or they might go and do this other activity and come back but it's like i don't need anyone else apart from my family sometimes it can just be a couple that they just it's just this this person is all i need well actually that's not biblical it's crept into our neighborhoods. You and I, many of you remember a time when, it, when somebody knocked on the front door. There wasn't a panic around the house. Like now somebody rings the bell. Everybody hits the deck thinking they might be assaulted by. Like what, who? Why? I remember people standing on doorsteps chatting on their fences, chatting with neighbors. And, and there was a sense of community. Now we've got this sense of don't bother me. Because we've been conned into thinking, because we've got Facebook and, and other social media, that somehow we've got all this connectivity, but we don't have relationship. We're not self-sufficient. We need one another. We're designed for one another. And so let me speak very gently to everybody who's watching online. Your church is not online. We may have an online ministry, but your church is not the online church ministry. And as it develops and grows, it's not designed for you just to stay at home and not get involved in your local church. You need church community and it needs you. Why is that? We fully experience all God has for us when we are close to one another. Let me put it in really practical terms. How we grow, how we impact our world, and how we have our needs met, all happens through us being close to one another. You, when I spend time with you as individuals, bring out other parts of me that may actually lie dormant unless I'm around certain people. You hear from God in ways that I don't hear from God, and I need you to encourage me in the way that you hear from God. You see things that I don't see. You hear things I don't hear. You experience God in a way that I don't experience God. And so as we bring that together in community groups or in our larger gatherings, that's where it gets really exciting because now I'm encouraged, I'm built up, I grow because of the way you experience God. And if you're sat at home watching stuff on the internet or or believing that somehow you can have church through podcast, you are missing out on a massive growth engine in your life, but also you are depriving someone else of what God is saying to you. So something happened in our worship earlier on today. We got to the end of the chorus, Sarah, Zoe was singing beautifully, she was, it was this amazing, uh, amazing moment in the verse and it just kind of, that chorus, you remember, and it just kind of erupted and Brad was like, yes, did you notice what happened in the room? Brad, in his gifting as being more of a type A, enthusiastic, that personality God has given, managed to affect the rest of us. And the rest of us were like, actually, yes! Now that I come to think of it. Maybe he just woke us up. Who knows? But you see, that's the body working together. So when one person claps, another person claps, and then one other person claps. But when we're, when we're together... We can do amazing things together. I need you. You need me. And you bring out parts of my faith that would lie dormant if you didn't come and be part of and be around. It's a bit like saying you can have a marriage on, an, on the internet. Saying church on the internet. Now listen, I'm not saying that online church is wrong. It's a tool in our tool belt. But if you're like, I'm just camping out here. I'm not going to join a community group. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. It's just me and my family and that's it. Then you're actually missing out on an experience that God has prepared for you because that is not what you were designed for. It's an amazingly powerful, powerful thing. So technically you can be married and have a relationship on the internet, but is that a marriage? You're going to miss out on so many good things. Your marriage is incomplete if you're not around the other person experiencing life with them. You want guidance? Get around other Christians. I'm so grateful that my son, who's just about to get married in a few weeks' time, has a walk with Lyndon for a couple of hours, getting bitten by mosquitoes down the Mission Creek. I am so grateful that he has a Linden in his life to speak advice into his. I'm so grateful for that. You need guidance, you need to get around Christians. You need guidance, you need to get into a community group. Yeah, well, I can find all the guidance I need on the internet. No, you can't. Last week I said, you need somebody in your life who's got a hunting license, who can hunt stuff down. Say, have you thought about this? What about that? Oh, you're amazing at that. You should do more of that. You want help with your parenting? Get around Christians. You want to help overcome your temptations? Get around Christians. If you're lonely, get around Christians. If you want to hear from the Lord about something specific in your life, get around Christians because the Lord has an amazing way of telling this person something and then they will come over and tell you something. Sarah and I have experienced this so many times where people, quaking in their shoes, because Sarah's really scary, come and, and, not at all, and they'll go, I feel like God has given me a word for you, but I've never done this before. And then they share this, world, this word, and it slams into the soul of our lives and radically changes the way that we think about something. Because somebody stepped out in faith and said, God has given me something for you. You can't do that sitting in your PJs in your basement watching church online. Texting. So I'm saying this in his encouragement. July 4th, church. Let's start getting together again. See, he gives of himself in many ways to many people so we can all experience him in richer ways. We've all had different experiences. We all have different history. I I need to hear your story because it blesses me, encourages me, it builds me up. It's not all about me. You put you instead of me. You need one another. You have a gift and people around you have gifts for The common good. So let's pull this together. Paul says in a couple of passages later, he says, what shall we say then, brothers? When you come together, everyone has a psalm or a teaching, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. All of these must be done to build up his church. What I love about Willow Park Church is we have a very eclectic congregation. We have people who are charismatic. We have people who are kind of hardcore Calvinist reformed. We have Mennonites. We have that Anabaptist thinking and, and everything in between. And we can all learn from one another. We have a high value on the Bible. We believe in the Bible in its totality. We believe in Jesus Christ. We believe the gospel is the hope. Of uh, Of our communities, we are a jesus centered church. we also believe in the Holy Spirit. We also believe in being filled with the Holy Spirit. we also believe in the gifts of the Spirit. We do not believe the gifts of the Spirit were just for a time, and that might irk some people, and that 's okay because Willow Park has people who think that way, and that 's fine but as for our house and as for uh, the leadership and the elders and the people who are involved in core places, we believe the gifts are for today, like I've described, for the common good because that's what we can't get away from when we read the scripture. But there are ways in which the gifts can be used that are inappropriate. And, you know, I'm not going to get into that. It needs to be orderly, but without strangling and, and not literally. Um, you know, we, we have to be, we have to, we have to do it biblically. But what Paul is talking about here is when you come together, everyone has a psalm or a teaching, a revelation, a tongue or an interpretation. And what he's saying is, is that when we get together, we should all come ready with something. Okay, let's just pause for a second. Can I be really honest? You're probably thinking, well, you normally are, so. I think generally speaking, let me, let me make it general, and then you can decide whether or not to pull Willow Park Church into this. Generally speaking, in church, people come to receive, not to give. People come to church to receive, not to give. If you remember a few years ago, I preached around this topic, and I talked about how we live in a society where we rate everything. You know, you can go into Google, and you can give it five stars, or four stars, or three stars. And I actually, first thing I do when I'm looking at something is I look what the Google rating is. And it's kind of interesting to see. And and I was joking around. I was using it saying, look, we come into church with this idea that I'm going to rate this church. Let's see what I'm going to give it for worship. Okay, how many stars am I going to give it? How How many stars? Is the pastor, is he Really, really short preaching. The kids love him and he's funny, and yet also is able to expound scripture about revelation and a depth at a university level within 10 minutes. Can he do that? Because if he can't, two stars. You know, and we, we look at church through this lens. What can I receive from it? And then we rate it. And then we decide, actually, that church's only got three stars. So I'm going to go to a different church. Only to find out that every church really has probably isn't able to make five stars, whatever five stars might look like, and I shared this story, and, and, in, and in my preparation, somewhat amusingly, I went on to Willow Park Church to see what rating it had, and there was one person that had given it a three out of five, and I'm like, who gave it three out of five, only to find out it was our very own Pete Bennett, Pete and Tracy Bennett. And so, Pete, I still haven't forgotten, if you're watching this online, we love you, and they're part of the church community. He was like, I don't ever remember doing that. Well, I was like, "It's right there. Three out of five star Pete. So if you go on my phone, Pete Bennett has got three stars after his name. It's actually on my phone, three star Pete. Um, but we have this kind of idea of rating the church because we come to receive. Are you going to serve my kids? Are you, is the, what's the coffee like? Are you going to deliver my children to kids' church through a water shoot, welcomed by characters from Disney, Courtney? Are we, if not, three stars, what is the welcome like? What's the lighting like? What's the worship like? What's the preacher like? And, I, and we just come and we receive. Like, like, so, not Willow Park, obviously. Church in general in the West. Yet Paul says, when you come together, everyone. I wonder what Willow Park Church would look like if every one of us came together ready to contribute. And it doesn't even have to be from here. You know, you can be powerfully contributing to people's lives before and after the service and in the week. You can contribute in ways. Yes, there is upfront kind of ministry. But this this isn't a fraction of what we do. See, what we do as a church does not terminate on what we do on a Sunday. Right at the beginning of me starting as pastor here, which would be uh, ten and a half years ago, I remember saying we've got two programs in this church. I don't know if any of you else remember it. Please don't answer because you'll discourage me. We have two programs in this church. Sunday morning, community groups. Do you remember me saying that? Sunday morning, community groups. If you're not in a community group, you're not really part of the life of this church. And can I say, over the years, I have been so blessed in the way that community groups have actually contributed to one another's lives. I look around this room and I see community group leaders. There was a time, maybe three or four years ago, when 70% of people who attended were in a community group. Community groups are hard work though. And they have and flow. And I understand that, but can I tell you, I'm going to draw a line in the sand and tell you that we are going to be pressing hard into community groups again come the fall. Because in that place, the pastoral care that has happened, as I look at people who are in community groups, I know the stories and some of the history that is happening in those groups. And that so fulfills this gifting element of coming together and sharing in one another's lives. You know, it's a bit of a coin phrase that we do life together. It's a bit cheesy, but it's... True, we should be doing life together because that's what the community noticed. What did Jesus say? They will know you by your love for one another. And what we do on a Sunday, and yes, we do ask for volunteers, But and, and I heard this this week, it was interesting, we always talk about pastors will say, well, 20% of the people do 80% of the work, and, and, and that's a bad thing. But this person was saying, well, what happens? that's not a bad thing. What happens if it's okay that only 20% of the people do 80% of the work on a Sunday to allow 80% of the people to go out and minister in their communities in the ways their gifting leads them to? So I think of, I think of our, our, our lovely friend, Dawn, fostering and adopting. Is that not ministry? Maybe Dawn comes in on a Sunday and gets filled up and loved on and encouraged so that she can go into her community and minister in a way that is really powerful. And yet she might sit, she's not that quiet, so it's okay. I don't know if Dawn's even here. But she might sit there and not say or do anything on a Sunday. Well, Dawn's not really involved in church. Are you kidding me? And I can see so many other people like that. But we need the 20%. Courtney's going to talk about that in a minute. But as we come together, we can actually see a world change. And I wonder what it would look like if each of us came to a church and said, I've got this word of encouragement. I've got this insight. Who am I going to share it with? Wow. So we gather, not my phrase, very common phrase. We gather in order to scatter. But we need to gather So that we can encourage and share stories and share adventures. So, in finishing, let me say this. Like I said, this is very much a journal entry. We're stepping into Project Rebuild. And I'm really grateful that we can do that. But part of me is feeling like, for the third time, Sarah and I are planting a church. That's what it feels like. For the third time. I feel like we're planting a church in Kelowna. It's another arm of Willow Park, so we're very grateful to be part of the larger family of Willow Park. My job in large part as executive pastor is anchored into Willow Park Church as a whole. But we are looking to rebuild, replant in the South over the next year. It might be that we need to start looking for another building. It might be that we need to start doing church in a box. Do you know what that means? You get a box and you draw up with a box and you empty little box into the big box, do church, put big box back into little box and then go and store it until next Sunday. It's hard work. It means the 20% come at 6 a.m. in the morning and start setting up so that the 80% can come and enjoy church and be filled and go out and do ministry in their community. We might have to do that. And can I tell you, some people are like, I don't want to do that. Sounds like hard work. Yeah. It is. But maybe that's what the Lord is calling us to. And some of you will already be firing off ideas as to what we could do. And I want to hear those. We actually want to invite those ideas. But we need to be good stewards of money and time and people. But all I'm saying is we're stepping into a new time. And we've got to do this together. And so we're looking for engaged Christians. What's an engaged Christian look like? People who attend regularly. Shows engagement. People who are volunteering on a Sunday, because you're volunteering in nursery or kids. Maybe there's a child who gets dropped off there, so a mom or a dad can come in here and receive the gospel in such a powerful way. It changes their lives and changes the kid's life. And not only that, the kid's receiving beautiful teaching from Courtney and her team. So you volunteering in kids or on the front desk or in worship or in the coffee bar or in ushering is part of a bigger plan. Sharing, sharing life together, community groups, sharing your story to other people out in the community, sharing Jesus, sharing your church to other people. This is what an engaged person looks like. Somebody who is regularly, sacrificially, generously giving to their local church. Thank you for doing that. But many people don't. And so there's this, this idea of receiving without giving that we have as a community, sometimes wider community. Engage people biblically give to their local church. And I've taught a lot about that. So I encourage you to think and pray about that. And then finally, and perhaps most importantly, praying. This is a clarion call. Let's rebuild together. Gifted together. Jesus' mission together. Engaged people seeing actual change in our community. And can I tell you, there are some days that I'm like, oh my goodness, this is going to be awful. But I'm being honest with you, like, we've got to do all this again? Like, I'm just exhausted. And then there's other days I wake up and go, this is going to be amazing. And can I tell you, I'm swinging more to the amazing more and more. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting doing this together. But we need you. You need you. You need each other. Amen? Amen. 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 Let me pray. Let me pray and let's pray that the Spirit of God speaks. That the Spirit of God just shows himself powerfully to us. Maybe we talk as families about how we can be more engaged, what that looks like. Let's close our eyes. Are we guilty of being too isolated? too self-sufficient. Maybe the Lord gives you a word right now for someone else in this room. Dear Lord, I thank you that you said it was to our advantage that you go so the Holy Spirit would come, the comforter, the counselor, the teacher, the empowerer, that Lord, you give us gifts, that Lord, that you would die on the cross, the ultimate gift, and then give us even more Given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Hallelujah. But Lord, I pray that you would forgive us for allowing that to terminate on ourselves. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us about how we can generously give of what we have been given. That Lord, we would come contributing. That Lord, we'd look for ways of ministering. Lord, I thank you for this church. And I thank you, Lord, for the exciting times ahead, whatever that looks like. Father, I pray you would give us hearts of expectancy, that, Lord, you would make us flexible. Lord, we have learned pivot well over the last year. But, Lord, I pray you would speak to us clearly about what next steps are. Show us your way, Lord. And as your scripture says, Lord, I pray that each of us would fan into flame the gifting that has been placed inside each one of us, in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to say goodbye to everybody online. You can register uh, for next week, um, and we uh, look forward to seeing you then. And love to hear from you. If there's anything that you want to share, then please connect with us, and uh, we will see you next week. God bless.